Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is not about a cheeseburger. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Welcome to the next episode of What the Elf Was That? And if you're asking yourself, what the elf was that intro? You're asking the right question. I was literally, and we'll talk about this in our second segment here, but an NCAA investigator literally come out and said, this investigation is not about a cheeseburger. That's where we're at in the state of sports, folks. But this is a Browns podcast, so let's start with the Cleveland Browns. And we'll get to the cheeseburger. If you're thinking about love songs with Mr. Lunt from you VeggieTales lovers, I'll tell you, I have thought about it myself. You are my cheeseburger. All right, let's start with the Browns, though. Let's 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 put the, the cheeseburger on hold for a minute. Let's talk about the Browns. So the Browns played their preseason game um, against the Eagles. Yes, had two days of practices, came out and played a game against the Eagles. Ended up losing that game. Story of that game was uh, Cade York, who I have affectionately called Cade Yikes, uh, made three field goals, then apparently went on his TikTok page or no, Instagram page and cited, uh, hey, I made three field goals, and then went out and kicked this not once but twice to lose the game for the Browns. So I'm not putting the loss on Cade York, but the fact that they could have won the game and Cade York kicked the ball into oblivion. Um, by the way, those of you who watched the game knew this was coming, right? The first kick was straight down the middle. The second kick was a little bit to the right. The third kick hugged that right goalpost. So it doesn't surprise you that the next kick he comes out with comes right off the other side of the right goalpost. Then he tries to overcorrect and hits the other goalpost, which earns him the nickname Cade Yikes. So anyway, they played the game, lost the game. Yeah, no, they tied the game. Excuse me. They tied the game. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my stuff all messed up. They tied the game. But that's not what was interesting this week. What was really interesting this week is that the Browns have restructured Miles Garrett's contract. So for all of you, the sky is falling, chicken little. The salary cap is the worst thing ever. The Browns are going to be screwed. They're in salary cap hell for who knows how long. They have restructured Miles Garrett's contract. And are now sitting at $34 million in unused cap space. 
which, by the way, is the most unused cap space in the NFL. Which leads me to ask the question, what the hell are the Browns doing? I mean, are there, are there more people out there that they want to sign because they need cap space? Now, the first and obvious thing person they should sign is a kicker. So I don't know who's out there available as kickers, but they should be like looking around because Cade Yikes just ain't making it happen. Yeah, I, I'm all for sticking with kickers, but I also don't like kickers, and I don't like kickers for a reason. They're a bunch of weird people, although although I will say there is a kicker who has caught my imagination, and we'll get to that later, but there's one kicker that I hate less than all the other kickers, but only by a little bit. I mean, like, like I still hate kickers with like my fabric of my very being. It's like written into my DNA to hate kickers. But there's one I hate just a little bit less. I'm fighting against my good nature. I may actually respect the kicker. <sighs> but what are the Browns doing with Miles Garrett, right? They restructured his contract, opened up 30. Now they have a total of $34 million in cap space. They could roll that cap space over, but I'm not really sure why you'd want to do that. You would just basically be adding the $34 million on top of what you already currently have. So unless there's a, a cap reason for the next season, this makes sense. doesn't make sense for the Browns to keep doing this unless there's something on the horizon. Okay. Who or what could be on the horizon? So let's look at some of the people that we think, or I think that maybe the Browns might be interested in. One would be Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams. Not sure what his cap number is. I guess if I did better research, I'd be a better podcaster, right? But could the Browns be interested in Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald, of course, is famous for, I know what you guys think he's famous for, is being a good defensive tackle. I think he's famous for the fact that he got into practice, double-fisted a couple of helmets, and started beating the crap out of Bengals players. Then the NFL came out and said, well, we don't really give a crap about Aaron Donald beating the crap out of people with helmets. That happened in practice. So word of note, you can beat people with helmets in practice, but you can't beat people with helmets in games. If you beat people with helmets on primetime, we'll suspend you indefinitely. But if you have one helmet in one hand, another helmet in another hand, and you're beating up Cincinnati Bengals players, we don't care because it happened in practice. So that is the moral compass of the NFL. And keep that in mind when they talk about Deshaun Watson. But this is this is where the state of the NFL is. Aaron Donald would be a good pickup. Put him right there as a three technique. He's uh been a tremendous three technique, would fit this defense well. Another player on the horizon could be Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, you might remember, played with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And Devontae Adams left Green Bay to play with his homeboy, Derek Carr. Derek Carr now is off and gone and playing in New Orleans. So what does Devontae Adams have now? Jimmy Garoppolo? Which means... About three games into the season, whoever Jimmy Garoppolo's backup is will be throwing him the ball, not Jimmy Garoppolo, because, you know, that guy gets hurt, like, nonstop. Plus, he throws the ball all weird, and it, like, flitters in the air like a little dead duck. But <clears throat> I digress. Another player out there is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has, by the way, he's the running back from the Indianapolis Colts, who was recently given permission to seek a trade. Jonathan Taylor of the famous... Uh, running back crew that came out and complained that they don't get paid. So maybe the Browns were thinking about paying Jonathan Taylor. This does not make sense to me because you have 
uh, one running back you've already paid on a second contract, don't want to be on a third contract, and you've got Jonathan Taylor who's on his rookie deal, and you have to give him a second contract, and the Colts have used him, and he may be worn out, but we will see what happens. The fourth possibility, and the one I like, is the one out of Atlanta, and that's Jake Matthews. The Falcons are potentially starting, um, I can't think of Ritter's first name, um, quarterback Ritter out of Cincinnati, went to uh, Atlanta. I thought he was one of the best best quarterbacks in the draft, and I think he's going to be really good down there in Atlanta. I'm not sure he's the the long-term answer, but Ritter uh, looked pretty good in the Pro Bowl, or excuse me, the uh, – uh, senior bowl that year, and I thought he would have been a good fit for a wide zone scheme. Uh, you got Jake Matthews there. He's 31. He's got four years left on his contract. He's a left tackle. You got our left tackle situation here in Cleveland looking precarious, um, although I don't think Jed Wills is as bad as people make him out to be. I think uh, Jake Matthews would just be an upgrade. Plus, you also have <clears throat> Jack Conklin, who's been in concussion protocol, came back out and started playing, but before that practice was over, went back into the locker room with a trainer and is now back in concussion protocol. So I don't know how long this guy is going to last. I mean, Jack Conklin, we may, I mean, who knows? Who knows what's going on with Jack Conklin? But the Browns now have $34 million in cap space, and to just let it sit there is not a wise idea. I mean, that's stuff you need to use. I mean, yeah, you can carry it over, but what's the point of that? I mean, you can just restructure contracts and bring more people in. And then next year, you can just restructure more contracts to fit everyone under the cap. Just look at what the Saints do. Why not take that model? Why not push your cap to the full, to the tilt, to the to the complete end of what you can fill it up with, and then next year restructure all the contracts, which is kind of what they're doing right now. So the $34 million sitting out there, I mean, it might be a good situation for the Browns. Maybe they could pick up somebody they need. I personally would be happy with a kicker, but I don't know if I'm ready to give up on Cade Yikes just yet. But Cade Yikes needs to start figuring some crap out. And there's probably no chance that I'm buying a number three jersey anytime soon. Okay, moving on to segment two. This is not, is not about a cheeseburger. Now, some of you probably already know what I'm talking about. This is the... Uh, this is the part of the segment where all this stuff just goes off the rails and I just start ranting about whatever the heck I feel like ranting about, much to the chagrin of, of the, the people who sponsor me in this podcast. So let's talk about that team up north. Yes, I'm talking about the University of Michigan football program and John Harbaugh. I believe it's John or is it Jim? I don't know. I can't tell them. They're both just whiny crybabies. I hate both their teams anyway. Maybe I'll find out. Jim, this is the Jim idiot that we're talking about. Jim Harbaugh up there in Michigan apparently went out there during the COVID-19 dead period and started like buying cheeseburgers for people and meeting with people and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So they broke the NCAA rules about recruitment. You know, that happens. People do it. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Day hasn't done it or anybody else hasn't done it. I mean, probably the whole freaking NCAA is out there during the COVID-19 dead period recruiting players. It's probably what's going on. It doesn't make Jim any different. The problem with Jim is that, like, he's been reported. And, of course, Michigan's had some other issues that I'm not going to get into under the Harbaugh era. Harbaugh, Jim, I do whatever the hell I feel like Harbaugh, along with his brother John. I'm crybaby Ravens winning streak bull crap Harbaugh. 
By the way, did you guys watch that Super Bowl where like the one crybaby played against the other crybaby scene? I mean, it was like nonstop ref action, man. Like that Super Bowl was more interesting about the ref action. Like, is Jim or John going to get the calls? It was more than about the 49ers, the Ravens playing in that Super Bowl. It was more about which Harbaugh brother is going to get the referee to like bend to their crybaby crap. So I digress on the crybaby crap. So the NCAA has come in to investigate uh, Michigan, University of Michigan. And University of Michigan has suspended on their own Jim Harbaugh for three games. Now, the rule that he wrote, some bylaw 1991Y or some crap, basically says you can't lie to NCAA investigators, which is exactly what you know Jim Harbaugh did. Him and the Michigan, he and the Michigan crew just basically lied to investigators about violating the COVID-19 dead period. Now, mind you, there were other schools who have lied to NCAA investigators about things. One in particular is SMU, who got the death penalty after they lied to investigators. By the way, what SMU did to receive the death penalty is now perfectly legal. So if SMU was doing that stuff today, all they would have to do is say, well, he had a name, image, and licensing contract, and so they gave him a car. They gave Eric Dickerson this, gave Eric Dickerson that. We're just paying him for his name, image, and likeness. No big deal. No suspensions, nothing. They got the death penalty for doing what people do all the time now. Think about that for a while. So the lead NCAA investigator came out because the big joke around the investigation is that Jim Harbaugh is going to get suspended for buying cheeseburgers and came out and made this quote. The Michigan infractions case is related to impermissible on and off campus recruiting during the COVID-19 dead period and impermissible coaching activities. Dash not a cheeseburger. Now, if you have to say it's not about a cheeseburger, you see where the spin has gone. It's actually kind of funny. They'll investigate you for buying cheeseburgers. They'll investigate Johnny Manziel for selling his name, image, and likeness when you weren't supposed to. Actually, that's not even why they busted him. They busted him because he prevented other people from making money off his name, image, and likeness, which is like total horse crap. But they will come get you if you buy a recruit a cheeseburger. Do not buy a recruit a cheeseburger, but more importantly, do not lie about buying the cheeseburger, which brings us back to Mr. Lunt's love song. Love songs by Mr. Lunt, where he loves his cheeseburger. You are his cheeseburger. Go back and look that stuff up. Get on YouTube. Look up love songs by Mr. Lunt from Veggie Tales, or just put my cheeseburger from Veggie Tales. And you'll get the love song with Mr. Lunt for the cheeseburger. This is not about a cheeseburger. Actually, it's about lying to the investigators, which, by the way, Jim Trestle did. And so did Terrell Pryor. Jim Trestle and Terrell Pryor were prevented from gainful employment in the NFL for stuff they did in the NCAA at that point. No basis, no rule, nothing in the bylaws, nothing in the collective bargain agreement that says that what you do in college can affect your contempt, your NFL employment, but Trestle was barred from, from NFL activities and Pryor had a suspension before he could start his NFL career for lying to investigators. And right now, Harbaugh's got a three-game suspension self-imposed by the University of Michigan. So this will be an interesting one to follow. Um, obviously, Michigan's the darlings of ESPN, so you know, 
Well, we'll see what happens with this. I'm not optimistic it'll be anything other than a three-game suspension, self-imposed. But do you really want Harbaugh to leave? I mean, the last couple of years, Michigan's gotten the better of Ohio State, but I think that's coming to an end. Uh, speaking of coming to an end, that's exactly what's happening with this segment, and we are going to pay the bills. So hang on at the end of the after the break. We will talk about the stupidest thing I've seen in the NFL in a long, long time, and I've seen some stupid crap. But this is one of the stupidest things I've seen in the NFL in a long, long time. So hang on. All right, guys, we're back. Thanks for listening to the the commercials there. Go to our sponsors, patronize our sponsors. We some point at some point in time might make money off that. But more than that, listen to the podcasts on the Fanatical Elves Podcast Network. We've got Any Given Sunday. Uh, Brown South, Dog uh, Dog Pound South, I believe is what it's called, podcast. We've got the Cleveland Browniacs, formerly known as Football Philosophy and Rocket Science with Elliot and yours truly. We've got a lot of podcasts out there that can go out there and that can like fill up your week and give you all the Browns news. And all those podcasts allow me to sit here and rant about all the stupid crap I like to because there's only so much of the news you can hear about the Browns. And sometimes you just want to hear about something else. Particularly, you want to hear about how much I hate the Ravens. This is the infamous Ravens hate segment. So the Baltimore Ravens. And before we get into this other part, did you guys see the clip where Ravens tied in Mark Andrews was coming across, looked like a 10-yard out or something, and he caught the ball, a, a Washington Commander's player came up, ripped the ball out. Another guy comes in from off the screen, jumps on the ball. Mark Andrews gets up, whistle blown. Everybody stopped. Clay is, play is clearly over. Gets up, grabs the commander player that jumped on the fumble, picks him up and body slams him and separates his shoulder. That's the Ravens for you, everybody. And I think you guys know this is what they do. And, you know, that's kind of like double fist and helmets, hitting people with helmets like Aaron Donald because it happens in practice, so nobody cares. But I bet if he does that in a game, he gets suspended indefinitely. Well, maybe not. He plays for the Ravens. So, I mean, give or take, you know. Depending with the outrage level. If the outrage level is low, then it probably won't happen. But if the outrage level is high, you know, the moral compass just goes with the outrage level, which is idiotic, but... That's the NFL. So now the Ravens are out there proving who they are. <coughs> it's time to talk about one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Well, stupidest things I've ever seen in the NFL. And we have some stupid crap. The Ravens, on Monday night, last night, had the stupidest streak in the NFL history broken where their preseason victory of 24 consecutive games was ended. That's right, folks. The Ravens have won 24 consecutive preseason games. Just think about how idiotic and stupid that is. I will give you a second. The Ravens are clearly the preseason champions. And this is how far they would go to win games. Okay, they're playing the Eagles the week before. And they bring in a Pro Bowl cornerback. A Pro Bowl quarterback. Right in Tyler Huntley, Pro Bowl quarterback, look it up, to start the third and fourth quarters, played the entire second half against the Eagles. That is a Pro Bowl quarterback playing against third teamers. This is what they will do 
to continue their winning streak. But the Washington Commies, the Commanders, be- ended this win streak last night. <laughs> this win streak, like the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2016. Think about that. They have not lost a preseason game since 2016. Of course, when you're putting pro bowlers out there against third teamers, I'm not sure you're ever going to lose the game. But here's what Dean Tracy of the Sporting News said about this. And this is where I just like my moron alert comes up. Dean Tracy writes, winning 24 consecutive regular season games seems impossible. And that's because it is impossible. Nobody's ever done it. But 24 consecutive preseason wins might even be more difficult. That's right. Dean Tracy of the Sporting News thinks winning 24 preseason football games is possibly a better streak than winning 24 regular season games consecutively. More on alert. More on alert. Okay, Mr. Tracy of the Sporting News. I'm sure you're just trying to be you know, just rhetorical and build up the the ramping it up because, I mean, we are talking about the stupidest streak in sports. Hey, we've won a whole bunch of practice games. That's right, practice. We're talking about practice. We win practice games. That's their, their thing. They went out and went, won practice games. So I'm not going to lie. I watched a little bit of this game because there was some buildup. Like uh, this guy, Cosme, left tackle coming out of uh, the commanders came out and said, you know, we're going to win this game. Basically did the Joe Namath, we're going to guarantee a victory game, right? So the guaranteeing a victory speech. So I figured, you know, this guy's going to get cheap shot at the whole game. You know, I, I didn't actually see if he played. Didn't even bother. I didn't. I watched some of the game, but I didn't look for him. But I'm sure he got all the mouth in and all the cheap shots that anybody could ask for. I mean, if Mark Andrews is going to pick up a defenseless player and body slam him and separate his shoulder just because he's pissed off that he dropped the ball – then you know this guy is going to get it. So <clears throat> I'm not watching the game, but I did kind of want to see what happened. So today I was so engrossed in it, I waited until about 3.30. That's how long I waited to find out what happy actually happened in this game, only to find out that Joey Sly, the kicker Joey Sly, makes a field goal that ends the Ravens' idiotic 24-game preseason winning streak. And after he makes the kick, right, he's sitting there celebrating. Then he throws up the loser sign, right? He the finger in the index finger up for the L, puts up on his forehead, making that L for the loser, which makes me hate Joey Sly just a little bit less than I hate everyone else. Joey Sly throwing up the loser, the L, over towards the Ravens with the kick. And I thought this is actually kind of funny because since 2016, the Ravens have come out and have cared and have wanted to win all these preseason games. We're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. We're going to put in third team. We're going to put in pro bowlers against third teamers. We're going to do everything we can to win these games, right? It's kind of stupid, idiotic crap is this. Then one team decides, okay, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm, we're sick of the whole crap. We're sick of this winning streak. And the first team that comes up and says anything about it goes out and beats the Ravens. And then you hear nothing about it, right? I didn't hear about it. I was looking at news all day long. Didn't hear a single thing about it. But all week leading up to this game, oh, my God, the Ravens and their win streak. Oh, my God, the Ravens and their win streak. All over the news. And Joey Sly 
brings the L. Maybe the Browns should trade for that guy. I mean, he's got some big arms, man. He'd probably like give Miles Garrett a run for their money. Like both of them go out with no shirts on, like out to practice. They're both going to get drug tested. I mean, that guy looked like a boss, the hoss. So good for Joey Sly giving the Ravens the L in the preseason. I don't know if they played a, a pro bowler against fourth teamers again, but that would totally seem to be something the Ravens would do. All right, let's let's shift gears. Speaking of Browns and former Browns, Baker Mayfield's back in the news. And no, I'm not talking about the fact, and you've all seen it, where his family apparently stole $12 million from it, which, by the way, screw you people. Like, he goes out there and makes money, and you're just going to, like, live off him like some damn leech? I mean, I understand to have an ex who leeches off people. You know, I understand that, right? Like, we all have these people that leech off us. I have an ex. She, she tries to leech off people. I get it. I get it. But screw you people for taking all his money. So Baker Mayfield, technically what he did was he filed a motion in court to make people reveal what happened to his money. And all the people named in the filing were his intimate family members. So it just goes to show you get money, you can't trust anybody. Not even like your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sister, or whatever. But damn. Anyway. But Baker Mayfield's back in the news for a good reason. And that is Baker Mayfield has been named the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So good for you, Baker Mayfield. So I decided to go back and watch some of his preseason stuff. And here's what I'm going to say about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is back to throwing off of his toes. Now, I know if you haven't read up on my stuff on Dog Pound Daily, and if you haven't read up on my thoughts on Baker Mayfield or listened to the podcast on Baker Mayfield, um, Baker Mayfield has a is a shorter quarterback, and I always thought he should be throwing the ball just like Drew Brees. And Drew Brees would sit in the pocket, and as he throws, he would come through with his motion and then lift up at the end and throw the ball. And when Baker Mayfield would do that, he was actually pretty accurate. And credit Hugh Jackson and that crew for like getting him to do that starting his rookie year. Okay, Mayfield was doing this his rookie year. Then we got into this guy and that guy, and, and eventually um, Kevin Stefanski rolled around, and they tried to fix Mayfield's technique to be technically sound for an NFL quarterback. But whenever it all happened, it never really worked for him. So Tampa Bay, I think, has come up to the situation where it's like, okay, let's just let Baker be Baker in terms of like he's got some wonky mechanics, although he has been working to fix some of those mechanics, actively working with people to fix those mechanics. But let's get him thrown off his toes again. And so I watched him in the preseason game against the uh, starters of the of the Steelers, the start of the Steelers, the starters they threw out there, which wasn't everybody. But Baker Mayfield actually looked like a pretty decent quarterback. He was calm in the pocket. He wasn't trying to escape to the right like you'd see him in Cleveland all the time. If his first read wasn't there, he's always running out to the right. And teams figured this out on Baker, and he and it was a disaster from there on. But um, he stood in the pocket. You could see him scan left to right or right to left, depending on his progressions. He'd throw accurate passes. You know, he was doing all the things that we'd hoped Baker would be able to do in Cleveland. So it may have taken him five years or so to start to figure things out on his own for him to grow up a little bit. I don't know if he's grown up or not, but the fact that you're trying to figure out where your money is, that tells you at least somebody's starting to pay attention to what's going on in life and what's going on and what's what. So that might be a sign of uh, maturity for him. And he's actually starting to look like a pretty good quarterback. I mean, again, 
This was in a preseason game, which only counts for the Ravens because they're the only teams that give a crap about these preseason games. So Baker Mayfield is doing it in a preseason game, which if he played for the Ravens would mean that he's looking all pro and they had nothing to worry about. But for the most part, he looked like he's doing pretty good. And, you know, I know he's a former Brown. I know some people are really down on the guy and everybody hates those Baker bros, man. Oh my God. Everybody hates those people. But, you know, Good luck to Baker Mayfield. I mean, I really hope he goes, comes out and is, success, and is successful. I mean, he he has always put in the hard work. He's tried really hard. Sometimes he gets in his own way. But if he can get out of his own head and get out of his own way, I'd be really happy to see Baker Mayfield make it in the NFL. So I'm going to actually watch Tampa Bay. And even though you guys know I'm a closet Carolina Panthers fan, that's my second team. Um, I'll be rooting for Baker Mayfield except against the Panthers. Um, I'd like to see him do pretty well, but he looked like he was starting to become a good NFL quarterback. But as Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth. So let's see what happens when Baker gets punched in the mouth and we'll see if that maturity still sits there. If those mechanics are still there and if he can still command a team and move down the field. So that is all we have this week. I want to thank everybody for checking the show out again, stick around, check out, what the elf was at next week. Check out the Cleveland Browniacs with Elliot and I. And, uh, you know, give us all a look here on the Fanatical Elves Network. Check out the podcast. Everyone does a fantastic job. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 